0: praise You, Jesus, we praise You, Jesus, You are so good, You are so good to us even when we don't deserve it, we just thank You, we thank You for everything, Father, we thank You, Father, that You just, You take the time just for us, You take the time for the one, the one that don't feel like anybody takes the time, You, you got time for them, and we thank You, You are so good to us, I've been that one before. I've been that one. Jesus, thank you so much for taking the time just for me. And thank you so much for taking the time for the ones, Father God, that, you, that you're just seeking out the hearts of, Father. Father, I pray that in the name of Jesus, that your Holy Spirit is in every single living room, every single house tonight, Father. Father, that that as much as we're feeling the Spirit here, that that they're feeling the Spirit there, right there, Father God, on the couch, Father, that you're touching them. Father, that there wouldn't be a word missed tonight because of a wall boundaries, Father. Your Holy Spirit don't know no wall boundaries. So Holy Spirit, come. We invite you in. We invite you in. To here, we invite you into the houses. We invite you into the houses of Greeley. We invite you into the houses of this county. We invite you in to the houses of this state right now, Father. We invite you in to wherever anybody's watching. That in the name of Jesus, they will get everything that they come for, Father. That they turn that that they turn that computer screen on, Father. Everything that you have for them will be delivered, Father. That will be there'll be people set free tonight, Father. That, Father, they won't be living in in no more bondage, Father. That they won't be living in no more fear. They won't be living feeling like they're not good enough. We thank you for it, Father. I just thank you for this word. Father, I thank you, Father, that in the name of Jesus, that your Holy Spirit will deliver this word, Father, tonight. Father, I pray that my mouth is shut if there's any word of mine that comes. Father God, that, that every word that is spoken is coming from your throne room tonight. We give you all glory and honor for it in Jesus' holy and precious name. Amen. Where's my boy? Oh, well, thank you, guys. I'm looking for my boy because I'm so proud of him tonight. Um, That is uh, my story. So, I, uh, he did amazing tonight. I love you so much, man. Um, That's my story, and I heard one time, tell your story and shame the devil. Well, there it is.
1: That's right.
0: And uh, so, uh, for those of you who don't know, um, I'm C.W. Wagley. I get to be the husband of the worship leader here, which is Kirsty, who was just singing, and the dad of that boy um, that I'm so proud of. So, um, I just thank you. I honor them. Uh, I honor pastors Darren and Lynette for uh, allowing me to be uh, to speak tonight and and share what uh, God has showed me. Um, this, for those of you who don't know, most of you probably do. This is Josh Schmidt, one of my best friends. He's the he's the uh, youth leader here. He leads up all the high school, um, and and his wife they kind of split it, right? Yeah. I, I don't want to step on your toes. <laughs> I know uh, Nicole, his wife, leads up the junior high and stuff, but they split that up. So so uh, anyways. Um, hope everybody's doing good, uh, with all this craziness going on out there. I really felt, um, when I was home today, uh, about a week and a half ago, I was on a plane and it was kind of funny, Josh. Um, I think I might've even shared some of this with you that, um, we're, we're starting to descend and we're coming down into the clouds and, uh, you're starting to laugh because you already know. Um, and I, when we start hitting turbulence on a plane, I got to lay my head back because I start getting a little little sick, you know. And, and I hear the voice of the Lord say, do you trust me? And I'm like, yeah, I trust you. And uh, so when he said that, I was like, okay, what's going to happen now? You know, there's, we're 30,000 foot in the air, and I'm thinking, I now I know that I'm going to live. But on the same token, what's going to happen? I'm looking for an engine to start on fire or something, a bird to fly into it, into a wing or something like I was waiting, and then we hit, we, we go into the landing. It was the roughest landing I'd ever had. We're bouncing all over. I said, we're going to crash. That's what's going to happen. I mean, we're going to be leading people to Jesus and everything like that, because I know I'm going <laughs> to live through this. But he said, do you trust me? And I feel like in these times that we're going on, that's going on with the coronavirus and all that stuff, I feel like God is just asking you, do you trust him?
1: That's good. That's real good.
0: And so uh, I feel like there's wisdom, but on the same token, I feel like uh he wants to know, do you trust him? And that's not what I'm speaking on tonight, but um just a word that I felt like I should share so uh, so uh, tonight, this has been planned for a little while. Pastor Lynette asked me to to speak on this, and um, so when all this when all this started happening, uh, and we couldn't uh, everybody couldn't meet here any, anymore um, I don't know what's happening. We don't even know what this is supposed to look like, so it's all right. You do it. I'm just listening. Yeah. To so,
1: what? Just listening to everybody and you.
0: Good. Cover my backside. Yeah. So, <laughs> so um, hey, something I thought of, we don't even got to have uh, toilet paper on lockdown now. You know what I'm saying? That's a, that's a plus. We don't got to padlock it up and everything. You know, <laughs> I thought about this too. I was like, in my BC days, just so everybody knows, I stole toilet paper.
1: You're I had the said. problem that we got this well, I know, right? It's your fault. So,
0: there. I didn't know we was going to go into confession, but <laughs> we are. So, so, anyways, back on track. I apologize. Um, anyways, so, God had shared this with me uh, probably a year ago. And me and Josh, I'm, I'm glad that... Uh, we're doing it like this because josh and i have uh he's a brother to me we've shared the shared this stuff it's going to get real tonight it's going to get raw probably um some men might think think why are you sharing that you're a man well i'm a, I'm a man of god and he's he's uh showed me he's delivered that's me good. from it and um and i'm not ashamed no more uh so uh when when you're accepted from the one that that matters it don't matter if you're accepted by anybody else you know that's real good um but yeah, so me and Josh have talked about this a fair amount, and um, it's about knowing who you are, it's about, it's about the orphan spirit that, that uh, I feel cripples a lot of people, the church, um, it crippled me for a long time, and, and so if you guys got your Bibles, go ahead and turn to Romans 8, 15. Sort
1: of mark these.
0: What's that? I should have marked these. Oh, you'll highlight it later. (laughs) Oh. I'm on the wrong page anyway. Romans 8.15, it says, For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. It says so the spirit of adoption. So, if there's a spirit of adoption, there had to been an orphan, right? So, and I, I looked up in the Passion Translation, and in the middle of that uh, scripture, it says, "But you have received the spirit of full accept, acceptance, sorry, enfolding you into the family of God, and you will never feel orphaned." So, I started thinking, thinking about it as I started studying this, like studying this out for this message and everything. Um, God had already put a lot of it on my heart, but I was like, how do I, if I can say what you showed me that night, put it into words, um, there'll be, there'll be freedom. Like if people can feel the freedom that I felt that night that you, that, and the crazy thing is man, like me and Pastor Lynette was talking, it was at home. It wasn't at church. So it's kind of crazy that this is happening this way because you guys can receive this right there in your living room because I was on my face in the living room when he spoke all this stuff to me. But I didn't know really how to put it into words, you know. And when we start talking about orphans, Josh, um, instantly our minds goes to like the physical, like a physical orphan, you know. Like, and we think of one that's lost both parents, because in our culture, you know, like it's, it's uh, both parents are lost, or you know, because if, if one's gone and the other one has it, we don't consider that child an orphan. Right. Um, or if the parents give them up, you know, and, and uh, the parents just ain't in their life or something or anything like that. Definitely when we see them in the foster care, because that's where they end up, right? And uh, we, got, we got some awesome people in this, in this church that are, you know, getting into the foster care. And I got good friends that are too. And some of you as well might have come up in the foster system. And uh, so you guys might know exactly, you might know in your heart exactly where, what I'm talking about in the physical, um, because that's how you grew up. But as I was studying this out in the ancient times, one was considered an orphan if they were fatherless. So even if the mom was still around wow. and, and he, uh, or in the child was with the mom, they become an orphan as soon as the father was gone out of the picture and we see that even in the translations in uh in james one i'm just going to read this um in the new king james it says and you guys will probably be familiar with this uh, scripture it says pure and undefiled religion before god and the father is this to visit orphans and widows in their trouble and to keep oneself unspotted from the world but in the King James version it says pure religion and undefiled before God and the fa- I'm sorry let me start pure religion and undefiled before God and the father is this to visit the fatherless and widows in their affliction and to keep himself unspotted from the world That's good So when he started showing me this I was there's a long story before that in um, last year, but he he showed me just recently where that root uh, started from. And it started when I was a kid. It uh, started in the physical. And I had an awesome dad. Um, he was amazing. He, he was a good father, good family man, loved his family. I had no problems at all in that, in that fashion. Matter of fact, like, he was my best friend. And, at, I mean, at times we butted heads, of course, every, you know, kids go through that, but um, he was my best friend, and um, so it wasn't that he orphaned me, but with him being a family man, he was raising me up to be a family man, and and Josh, I'll tell you, like, when I orphaned myself was when I chose that I wanted to be a bull rider, because everybody told me you can't have a family when you're going down the road, and so they my, you know, family and stuff like that, they always said, You gotta be ready, you can't you can't be choosing both. You can't have both and I wanted to ride bulls. And so I started orphaning myself. And where God showed me with a big point, and I mean I could still see this day, uh, like the back of my hand, it was when my little brother was born. And I was fifteen and I was in the hospital and, and I was standing at this window outside the hallway of, of where Uh, my mom had uh, delivered the delivered my little uh, brother and I was looking out the window when I heard that it was a boy I was looking out the window and I said I said well at least he's got a second chance now to raise up a boy to follow in his footsteps because I wasn't going to follow in his I was like he wanted a family man like he like not that he shunned me for riding bulls but he like that was just that was kind of the tradition of the family you know and Uh. And so I felt almost like a relief in me of letting him down when that, when that took place, when my little brother was born. And um, and I went, on, I went on chasing my dreams. And I'm not saying, let me clear this up right here too. I'm not saying that chasing your dreams is going to be, or is the bad part. It was where I put my identity. It was where... I seen myself as being accepted from my father. That's good. Um, so, at that point, when I started chasing my dreams is when I started orphaning myself. I started moving away. I was doing, I was, I was believing all the lies that they told me I needed to do before, or to be a champion, you know, to, uh, to be good at riding bulls, and I, you need to be cold-hearted, you need to be, you know eyes cold and restless, I think that song says, you know, uh, me and Pastor Darren was t- actually talking about that on Wednesday, um, but yeah, I uh, started doing that, and um, started doing everything that I thought I needed to, to uh, be a cowboy, started living the cowboy way, and uh, I started being pretty wild and b- rebellious, um, I was a wild child, uh, there was a lot, um, Pastor Lynette's here laughing because uh she they seen they seen it all like when I come to the Lord, so um but yeah, I um bull around and become my identity. And I lived, breathed, slept it, everything. Um and they told me that in order to be a cowboy you had to do this. Drinking, fighting and chasing women, right? That's the that's the cowboy way. And I was known as a drifter. I didn't have I mean, I'd have a home, but, like, like oftentimes I had these big old cars, these big old boats, and I'd have all this, all my clothes, all my belongings in these cars, and I might be staying somewhere, but my car was packed full of my belongings, and I would be all over. I lived all over northern Colorado. I, I grew up in Cheyenne, moved to Texas, moved back to Colorado, moved to Oklahoma, Phoenix, all over the place. And never, never really had a home because one thing that I found with an orphan, Josh, is, is, is they're also, they all are homeless.
1: But man, that's good.
0: And a home is where you got security, yeah. and you find that security and and um, love in that inside that home, inside those walls, you know, and um, and I didn't have that. Like, but yeah, I was still fine with it because I stiff armed my way away from away from people that actually love me, away from the people that was going to be giving me that love and home home life, you know. And uh so then I hit rock bottom. And that was uh they're talking that my career was done. Um, I don't know why this is doing this. Every time I turn my head to you, man, it's like dead ends out. That you're good, but um Um, uh, but anyways, sorry about that. Um, at that point, uh, I'd hurt my neck riding bulls and, and, uh, I thought that it was all done. I thought of my boy riding career was done and that was when I was at a loss of who I even was and, um, didn't know where to go, didn't know what I was supposed to do now that I was, I wasn't planning on being done in riding bulls at 23 or 22 or something like that. Um. And and so I wasn't didn't know where to go, and that's when I truly started going to God at, at that point. But through all that revelation, God showed me that I orphaned myself similar to Adam and Eve. Um. And see, Lucifer was the first orphan to do it, but then he just when he when he started working his way with Adam and Eve, he passed that on because. Lucifer was the one who would walk with God, who worshipped him in heaven. And then when he wanted to go and do his own thing and be like God and thought he could do his way, right? Wow. He wow. gets kicked out of heaven. Wow. And, um, and that's exactly what he passes on, or, you know, was attempting to pass on and, and accomplished it with Adam and Eve. And could you imagine the jealousy, Josh, that, that Lucifer had... As he is sitting watching Adam and Eve walk through the cool of the day with god with the Father, right. and that's exactly right. what he used to do that's what he had yeah, and he and he used to be the one to wow. be able to do that, and now he's just watching, and all that jealousy, that envy, that anger, everything the rejection that come up that filled him up was all there right. And so he slips in there, and he starts talking to Adam and Eve, and he gets them to do the same thing. He gets them to say, hey, you need to, you need to try your own way. You need to try being like God in your own fashion. And, and that's exactly what got them kicked out of the garden. So they both become homeless. Right. They both become orphaned by their own choice. And that was where it was, it was a big, heavy revelation for me, because a lot of people are orphaned out of their, not by their choice. Right. But with right. me, I was orphaned because of my choice. Because I wanted to do the things that I wanted to do in the in the manner I wanted to do them.
1: Man, that's,
0: and that's
1: good.
0: And so, so with that, like, you think about Adam and Eve, just like we just thought about Lucifer. Adam and Eve knew the Father. Adam, the first voice Adam heard, was the Father. Right. And then it says that he took a rib out of Adam, and he made the woman, right? But if you look in that scripture, he says, and he brought the woman to Adam. So he he took that rib over here. So the first voice that the woman heard wasn't Adam, it was the father. The father was speaking into her right away. And he takes the woman over to the father, or over to Adam, I'm sorry. And so then they're joined together. So they're they're sitting there, they're kicking it with God then, you know. And and, um, first voice, I should say the father. And like it's God, but they're kicking it with their father because at that time That's how he, they knew him and then Luke uh, three thirty, I didn't write it down Luke three thirty-seven, I think 38 It says that Adam was a son of God So he was it was not it was noted in the Bible that he was actual son of God. So son like he God was his father and uh, So they become separated when they, when they sinned and they, and they did that, they become separated from the Father. And that's exactly where I found myself, was separated from the Father when, when I hit rock bottom. I was separated, didn't know who I was, what I was supposed to do um, to move forward. And... Oh man, I just messed up. you did. So with that, um, I want to bounce back just a little bit because I want to tell you a little bit about what the orphan mindset, how it, how it plays a part. Because the orphan mindset, you start thinking about things um, you, like you don't know who you belong to. You don't know where you belong, right? right. And I kind of said that um, when I hit rock bottom. That's how I felt. Um, you start thinking that you might be somebody that you really don't know who you are. Because you don't even know if you believe that you that you belong where you are, right. you know, um, and then you start believing that well this is just who I am, this is how I am I got to live with myself this way, and nobody's gonna love me this way. Yeah. You start thinking that you got to achieve and and perform and prove yourself, and these are all things that I did like. In the physical, and then we're going to start, we're going to go into spiritual and and church stuff here in a bit too. But seriously, like these are things. I must achieve, perform, and try proving myself. I must earn my way into the family. I must claw and grab for anything that I have and hoard up since I have no inheritance. And it's crazy because my boy had on hoarders. For, I don't, we never watch that show. And today, as I'm doing my notes, like he or finishing up my notes, he he has hoarders on. I'm like, "What are you watching?" Normally, it's like Gator Boys or something like that. No, he's got hoarders on. And I'm like, "That is good because because you start hoarding up things, you start so you start clawing for everything because you don't. That's all you have. You've earned it. You and and I remember many times like I've told my wife, I've fought for everything I got. No, that's not true no more. Wow. You know. Um, and I stand, I always stood guard. I was always highly protective of what I had fought for and because I didn't want to lose that stuff again. And I was a survivor. I was even talking to my aunt one time and she's like, your dad, because my dad passed away when I was 20. He said, your dad made you to be a survivor. Yeah. Like he, he taught you, he raised you up to learn how to survive. And that's, that was the mentality of an orphan, th- that orphan spirit that I had because I had to make it on my own. I was, I was, wow. I consider myself as a lone wolf. Like I was a loner. Like I never would consider, like I consider you a best friend. I consider you like close as a brother. But at that time, I would never, never have said that. I would have looked at you and said, when you're 80, if we're still friends, I'll consider you a best friend because you never stabbed me in the back. You never did that because I never would get close. Right. I never would allow somebody close to me. Seeing all that, all that mindset brings on is all the emotions. These are the emotions I was talking about that that men might not consider too manly to me talking about. But I had fear. Yeah. Like I, had, I yeah. struggled with fear more than anybody, and and I had a reputation that he don't fear nothing. I remember a guy saying, "If you run in a uh, line in the buck and shoot, this this guy'll get on it." I, I didn't think I, well, people didn't think I feared anything, but I I struggled with fear all my life. Of different things, fear of acceptance, fear of fear of rejection. That's a big one on me. And uh, there is shame on me, uh, rejection, jealousy, jealous of different things. Didn't, didn't think certain people deserved it. I'm like, how do, I did I They didn't work as hard as I did. Like, why why do they why do they got what they got? Because right. I've been striving, right. you know. there's loneliness. There's there's many times of loneliness because I didn't know if I'd ever be loved. Like. And there's, at, towards, as I went on in my boy run career, I was like, man, it'd be nice to have a wife, you know? <laughs> um, but like, there's times where, I mean, especially traveling, I travel a lot by myself, and there's times where it's just like, am I, like, I'm out here all on my own, you know? And I always had a feeling of lack. I always lack stuff, you know? Um... And for this message, I didn't even think that this, uh, this vision was part of it. I told Pastor Lynette about this vision. I said, because she told me, you know, she knew where I was going to speak tonight. and But she said, if something's burning on you, like, you need to change it. Feel free, you know. So I had this vision. I got this vision when during worship. And it was burning in me when I went down to Texas. We worshiped a bunch down there. And I could not get past this vision. Well then, I, I talked to Lynette. I said, "Hey, this this vision might be the thing that I'm supposed to talk about." And um, Pastor Lynette said, "Well, you got the you got the vision. You got the revelation of what it means. You need to know your uh, um, application and timing." So as I started seeking God, He says, "This is what you are. This, this is what you're supposed to speak on." I'm like, "Okay, that's what I was telling Lynette." And uh, and he says, no, it is the message. And I'm like, oh, okay. So, And so I'm going to share this vision with you because, because I think it's so powerful of how he showed it to me. And, and uh, I seen this, I had my eyes closed, I was dancing with the Lord that night and, and I seen the, the floodgates opening up. I seen the handle turning and it was opening up and the floodwaters were starting to come down and the water started... Going down into in into the main street of this town. This town was this old western town, and and there is storehouses over on the on the left side there, and and there is people inside of them, and he showed me that there is three places. There is three places where orphans or where people lie. Right there is an orphan that's completely separated. As I started talking. Uh, earlier about when I was at rock bottom, that's where I found my separation from the Father, from God and the Father. And just as Adam and Eve had found their separation. And so with that, you, the initial place to move out of that, you have to accept Jesus. And a lot of us are probably thinking, yeah, we know that. Well, some might not. Nah. You have yeah, to true. accept Jesus. Like yeah. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Yeah, no true. man comes to the Father except through Him. And so, in order to get out of that place, that separated place, you have to accept Jesus. And so, that's what I did. I did that uh, when I was at rock bottom. I'd said the prayer back in high school, but didn't know what it really meant until at this time. And it was with pastors Darren and Lynette. And, and that's when I gave my life, fully committed to God, as, as Jesus says, follow me. And I started following him. And... So, as we moved into, moved into church, I thought I was really, I had a lot of zeal. I was kicking it with God. And, um, but I brought that orphan spirit, that orphan mentality with me. Wow. And what that does, Josh, and I don't know if you've ever been there, but I think, I think I know the answer because we <laughs> talked, but, oh,
1: I've been there.
0: but, uh, That orphan mentality will bring on uh, busyness and like it'll build a religion. It teaches you to build a religion. You know, and the scariest thing about learning to do church is that you can learn it without the presence of God.
1: Yeah, that's true.
0: And that's what that orphan spirit started doing to me. Man, that's good. Is it started teaching me all these things that I needed to... That I needed to follow these rules, I got legalistic with things, I started holding people to these standards and these rules and regs that i was that I was making up, not making up. I thought I was holding them to the law, basically, you know what I mean I'm like, you need to do this, you need to, like I would have told you you need to get circumcised back then, you know what I mean, like it has to happen in order like that's how bad I was getting, you know. And uh, I'd get convictions about certain things. Maybe, it might not even been convictions. It could have been exactly that orphan spirit trying to drive a wedge in with, with uh, who I was with the father. Um, but we start acting like foster kids in the father's house. Wow, man. So let's go back and read Romans 8. Let's start a little bit before that. 5 through 14. but you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you, now, if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, he is not His. And if Christ is in you, the body or if Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from, from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through His Spirit who dwells in you. Did I say to go on? Yeah. Let's go on. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh to live accordingly to the flesh. For, to live accordingly to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For as many are... As are led by the Spirit of God, these are sons of God.
1: And that's good. That's good.
0: So what that orphan spirit did to me was it started getting me back in my carnal ways, like my my fleshly mindset of how to do stuff, of how, how I needed to do things. And man, when I first come to the Lord, like Pastors Darren and Lynette, they accept me in their house like numerous times for dinner. Um, and it was... I've become a spiritual son to them, right? They become my spiritual parents. And that, I held them higher than God. I put them on a throne before God. I would go to them before everything. Um, And this is where God really showed me what this orphan spirit was doing to me because, man, I'd be so jealous of stuff. Um, Because as time went on, like pastors would go go to eat with other people what well what about me what you know what i mean <laughs> I, seriously have you ever <laughs> right. felt that yeah. you know oh, yeah. um and and this is i'm being raw with y'all because That's good. like and here let me, i want to say this too there is nothing that pastors darren and lynette could have done that wouldn't have kept me from being offended because that orphan spirit needed pet petted wow. and the more it get, got pet the more it would want wow and and so they, were, they would pour into me. Well, then they started pouring into other people. And, and, and I wasn't getting that as much as I was before. And, and so I started striving for it. I was like, oh, if I can do this. Well, I start serving more in the church. And I start doing this. I start doing this. Oh, if I, I can do this. And, and they know. They, and I'm not saying serving in the church is wrong. But if it, it's for the wrong heart, if it's for who you're trying to be, it's wrong. That's,
1: that's good. That's you good. know, Come on.
0: and um, and they know. And I've said this: like, if they need anything, if they told me to lick the floor, I'd lick the floor. <laughs> but it's not who I am no more. Like before, it was trying to be somebody. It was trying to be a son, a son to them. It was trying to right. be important to them. It was trying to be seen by them. Today, I'd still do it. I'd still lay down my life for him. But it has nothing to do with who I am.
1: That's
0: good. Seeing in that vision. Those people that were in the storehouses, God showed me that some of them were busy doing their own thing. They were, they were shopping, they were doing stuff, and they were doing their own thing. And I found myself in that place because after I started getting all those jealous feelings with, with the church, with all this stuff, I started pulling back. I started doing my own thing. I started separating myself off, orphaning myself again. Away from people, and I mean it was my my wife knows like i would I would lay hermit i 'd go away from people and not not be want to be around people right. um, it, I mean me and Josh was talking to some a uh, couple earlier and and um and he said see dub would have never done this before you know, and it's <laughs> true because i i didn't want to get close to people i didn't like like if you were close to me like that was a big privilege I felt like you should have felt you know Um, we did yeah I'm proud of you (laughs) thanks for petting that (laughs) that orphan spirit in me you know Um, but uh, where was I (laughs) now I don't even know want to preach now because I just lost my spot Yeah. so you might have to, because I just went mind blank. Um, so, anyways, what was I just saying? The vision. Yeah, the the vision. So the, the so the next house, uh, there was a man kicked back in it, and he was watching the floodwaters come down. And and he was kicked back. I don't even want to do it on this chair, but he's kicked back and he's looking, and uh, he, he was just like, "I'm good." Because he had built up a way in him that he thought was right. See, and in Proverbs it talks about the way of a man. Um, this, how does it say? The sight of a man he sees is good, but the way his way is destruction, or something like that. I'm not wording it correctly, but his way, the way of the man, is, is destruction. And and he's sitting there thinking, I, I got it good. You know, I'm taking my I'm taking my family to church because remember, he's already here. He's already. These are already out of that separated place. Um, so I'm taking my kids. They're getting filled with God. My wife, for me, my wife was a worship leader. I'm good. Right. I'm doing good, right. you know. And uh, I don't need to get involved. I don't need to get, because the closer I got, like, because pretty soon I started the, the man mentality, you know, that woof, woof. You know, I really had that, those of you who know me from before, I really had that, like, tough guy mentality. I was like, ah, oh, you know. I uh, was always, always trying to flex, you know, and, and uh, show myself tough, you know. That's, that's right. But with that, like, when with those feelings that I'd have, I'd start shoving them down. I'd, I'd push them down so that that they wouldn't be rising up in me anymore, you know. And um, I thought, anyways, I was, and I was just burying them. And I was like, well, if I could keep my distance from people... I'm good. Right. The crazy part about it is that the prophetic word, I wasn't even planning on sharing this, and it has come to me. The prophetic word that come to me when I finally gave my life was to, to Jesus wholeheartedly. There's a prophetic word from Pastor Lynette, and it was exactly <laughs> that. Like God gave her a vision of a little boy playing with sticks. And this little boy wanted to be loved, and he'd set the sticks down so that he could be loved. But once he started getting too close to people, and he started getting scared that they were going to hurt him and all this stuff, so he'd push him away, pick up the sticks, and he'd fight them back off with the sticks. Wow. That, was, that was the very word that, that I gave my life to God to come, you know, wholeheartedly right. for, and, and I run back to it. You know, right. like a dog returns to his own vomit, you know I would run back like, back to it like the Israelites in the in the wilderness, they wanted to wow, um, that's so good. they went they got delivered out of the out of bondage, go, go across the Red Sea. All these miracles already have happened. I mean, they watched the the ten plagues, they're out there, and they can't trust God, they can't trust the Father, so they're wanting to go back right. And that's exactly where I was at in the church and, and wanting to go back to my old ways. And then there's another building in this, in this vision, back to the vision, that, that there's people doing things and they, were said that, they said that they was doing it for the Lord, but the Lord was nowhere to be found in the middle of it. And I found myself doing that so many times. I was surrounded. There's prophetic words that said that I'd be speaking and ministering different places when I first come. Well, then after that separation started coming, I didn't know where to go, so I'd start making things. I mean, I wanted to do this. I wanted to raise bucking bulls. I wanted to do this. And, and so I'd say, well, I could do this, and I could have a ministry doing this. And I'd start making up these ministries that I'm going to do, and da-da-da-da-da. I'm, right. I'm doing it for the Lord. But, and it was a heart desire that I had because I'd... Before I never had the money to do it, and I'm like, now I can do it. Right. But I'm going to do it for Jesus, and and then He's going to bless it.
1: Wow, man! That's
0: and good. and all it was was a complete orphan spirit because I wouldn't get in Him. He says, delight yourself in Me, and I'll give you the desires of your heart. Well, I hadn't even started delighting myself in Him because I was trying to sit in my spiritual parents' lap instead of the Father's lap.
1: Wow, that's that's good, man. And I
0: and wow. I wouldn't I didn't know my identity from that there's not, like I said, again, like nothing with them. I'm going to go into more of that next week. Um, is that the right time? You're good. Yeah, okay. Um, because, <laughs> sorry, this is so raw. This is so rough. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, anyways, uh, uh, a tree can't, this is why I feel this is so important because, um, a tree can't bear fruit of that isn't of its kind, right? right? So if you're an orphan, what did Adam and Eve do? They went and birthed a bunch of orphans.
1: Man, that's so good.
0: So as we're as we're ministering to people and we're building people up, if we're if we don't know our identity,
1: yeah,
0: and we're orphans, we're gonna be birthing orphans.
1: Man, that's and that's crazy.
0: But if you and where I was going with this was what made me think of it was with pastors, I'm not saying that they were orphans and I was... and that's what they raised because just because a fruit out of them got infected doesn't mean that that's where the root was. So if you're... So I say this to you all too that if you're ministering to somebody and they got this orphan spirit, it don't mean that you're an orphan. Like if you know your identity, that's one thing. But if... But I'm saying that if you're an orphan, you ain't going to be able to make a song.
1: Wow, that's so good.
0: Because that... that That root... Is going to produce whatever it is now. If it gets infected out of that, then that's that's good. That's another story. But um, um so with that, I didn't want I didn't know where this was going to go, um, how far. We're going to go into more of the church, uh, the orphan, how the orphan spirit runs in the church. Uh, more next week and and also where that third place is and where then that third place is where we need to be living at and we're going to go into that next week so um so with that we thank you guys we're going to go ahead and i got josh he's got to talk about the youth uh, shoot that's coming up um
1: super excited about this and so i'm going to let you perfect Man, that's such a good word, man, on, on being that. I've been there, I think that relates to a lot of people. And I just, I mean, from, from getting to know C-Dub and walk with him and, and walk with his family, and, and we're with them all the time, to, to go from, to watch that progression. And, and, he's, you know, there's times when you have those relationships that you can really call that out in your brothers and your sisters. And I know we've had several conversations about this, and I think it's real timely, and I think it's something that we all, we all look internally for and and figure out where that's at because I think everybody's had it. He men- you, you mentioned the, the, the children of Israel. You mentioned Lucifer. You mentioned Adam and Eve, and, and I think that's awesome. So I thank you for, for bringing a word that's so timely, and I'm excited to see what you bring next week. But as C-Dub mentioned, we, are, we get the opportunity to take our high school kids to Dallas, Texas in June for a Power and Love, Take Back Your Campus conference with Todd White. It's specifically designed for students. And we have a fundraiser, registrations went live yesterday, Friday the 13th. There is a sporting play shoot that we are doing April 25th out at Great Guns, and we are doing it there. There's 125 spots available along with total, and then of that, there's 20 VIP spots. The registration is live on N3C.TV. You'll click on the graphic that you're seeing, and there's going to be a spot where you can register as a shooter and like I would mentioned, there's two different options. There's a, a registration for a shooter that's $125. It includes your registration, lunch, and a goodie bag, and then we're also doing 20 VIP spots that are $175, and right below that button, you will see a sponsorship button. I've had a lot of inquiries from businesses and people that, that own businesses that want to sponsor on a bigger level, and those start at $300, and the other option is, is $700, but we are looking forward to hosting you guys to hosting an event. It is open to the public. So if you know somebody that doesn't come to church that loves to shoot, we're, we're looking forward to being able to extend this to our community. I really think it's an opportunity not only to, to fundraise and raise money to get our kids to Texas. Our goal is to, to completely send our kids cost free to the families, uh, where we take care of lodging flights, uh, registrations, everything for them. But I really feel that as we come together as a church and reach our community and open the doors up, that, yes, it's there as a fundraiser, but the opportunity to reach people in our community and get them connected somewhere where they, they potentially don't have. So we're looking forward to it. If you have questions, we've posted a flyer that has my phone number on it. You can email Jennow Jen now at n3c.tv with any questions, and we just look forward to hosting. We look forward to a great event. <coughs> And again, I thank UC Dub for, for the message. Tune in tomorrow morning for Pastor Lynette. We will be live at 9 o'clock, and we look forward to having you guys. It will be a similar setting. But I know, again, it's just a timely, timely message, and I think the enemy's tried to use what is in the world to d- distract and detour from that message getting out. So tune in at 9 o'clock. We will be live, and we will see you guys in the morning.
0: Yeah. I want to say one thing. Um, about the shoot. So I hear a lot of complaining about millennials and, come on,
1: come on. And you uh, run with this because I'm biased. Huh? You, you run with this because I'm biased because I get the word. Yeah. With
0: so I hear a lot of complaining about millennials yeah. and, and all this. Well, I'm telling you right now that these kids that are in that back with it with Josh, like they're on fire for Jesus yeah. and they're trying to make something and uh, they're not just out. I better not go there. (laughs) They're not just begging for the money. They're trying. They're trying to work and they're trying to put together stuff that's going to be beneficial um, and be fun for people to do. Not just trying to ask for handouts. Um, So my thing is, if you're tired of complaining about millennials, let's do something for them. Let's support them, and uh, let's uh, let's send these guys to uh, Dallas, Texas, because it's going to be awesome. So with that, we thank you guys for joining us, and uh, hope to see you all tomorrow.